Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts carol g juan gabriel christina aguilera what do these three have in common you mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon on Fox Sports Radio. Tons of NFL news today, none bigger than what is going on with Antonio Brown. If you thought that, hey, there's no way Antonio Brown's going to ever not be a Steeler, well, number one, you didn't listen to us. And number two, after what happened today, that door is wide open. Today, Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin said that Antonio Brown was benched Sunday against the Bengals after not showing up Saturday, but that the wide receiver hasn't asked for a trade. There's differing reports on this because Jason Lockenfor, CBS Sports Insider, who joins us every Thursday, reported that, yes, Antonio Brown did, in fact, ask for a trade from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Just this weekend, the story goes like this. On Friday, Ben Roethlisberger, during walkthrough, asked the team to run another hot route so he could get a better look at a play or see where he wanted to throw the football. Antonio Brown, there were different reports as to whether or not he wanted to participate in the play or not, but that was kind of a, hmm, that happened? Then he didn't show up on Saturday. 
And they tried to hide at the Steelers by saying, hey, he's injured. He's got some knee, ankle issues, but he just didn't show up for work. And Drew Rosenhaus's agent called Mike Tomlin on Sunday and said, hey, he's feeling better and he could potentially play today. Mike Tomlin said, that's not how we do things. He is not playing. And now this is where we're at with Antonio Brown, a guy who has been given everything. All right, he's the best receiver in the NFL. It's not even close. He's going to the Hall of Fame. He plays on one of the high-profile teams. He's getting paid, and still he finds a way to cause drama and get to the point where the team can now look to move on without him. If you think he's untradeable, forget it. Yes, he's got money due to him that the Steelers would have to eat $20 million off their cap next year, but they have absolutely had it with him. They've had it with Antonio Brown, and no receiver is untradeable. Odell Beckham is not untradeable. Antonio Brown is not untradeable. None of these guys are because they're wide receivers because eventually they wear out their welcome and they can be replaced because now teams are going to this instead of having the one stud wide receiver, it's let's get a pool of talented guys in. Let's get a bunch of good number two type guys and our franchise quarterback will take advantage of them. That's just the way the NFL is going. And Antonio Brown can easily be an ex-member of the Steelers. And for a guy who fights battles that I don't understand why, whether it's somebody saying something on social media, whether it's I'm going to put Mike Tomlin's post-game message in Facebook live it, I don't understand. I don't like that Ben Roethlisberger asked me to run a route differently. I don't like that. I don't like that a fan said to me how good Juju Smith-Schuster is, so I tweeted, trade me and we'll find out. I don't get why a guy who doesn't work for the Steelers anymore criticized Antonio Brown. He had to go after him on Twitter. He fights the most ridiculous battles. The most ridiculous battle, he brings everything on himself. There's not one problem Antonio Brown has had where I can say, you know what, that, no, that's Antonio Brown. That, no, I got his back on this. No, there's nothing. He finds a way to be, and that's the most maddening quality of all of Antonio Brown is that all of these things, none of them need to happen. None of these things need to be stories and controversies, but he makes them because he loves drama. He's addicted to drama. There's not enough going on at the end of the season. You got a must-win game, and now suddenly, oh, I don't want to run a pass route, so now I'm, I'm not going to go and, and show up for the game. I mean, this is just ridiculous with him. Well, and that's just it. You look at the accumulation of things individually, not a whole lot, but it becomes this giant pile. We talk about Kevin Durant. We were talking about Paul George a little bit earlier in the hour to start things off as he gets booed every time he touches the ball here uh, at Staples Center against the Lakers. You, you go on down the line, Baker Mayfield in the comments section and on the A block of every show and every debate show and certainly sports talk radio hot takes for the last couple of weeks because of his snubbing of Hugh Jackson. And what a jerk he is. You know, guys have chips on their shoulder and they find some motivation along the way. Steelers, for all intents and purposes, look like they've gotten past the whole levy on Bell to start the season problem. But then all of a sudden you look at the target counts. He was 13-13-13, 7-7-19 in his final six games. So Ben Roethlisberger still looking his way quite a bit, even though Juju Smith-Schuster double-digit targets in six of those final seven games. His low during that period was nine targets. So certainly seeing a a second guy rise up to challenge him, the team voting Smith-Schuster, the MVP, Roethlisberger talking out of turn in the press as he's wont to do because, well, nobody's held the reins on him uh, in terms of what he's got to say for years. So suddenly all the the dirty laundry and and malcontentedness shows up in in those final couple weeks of the season. You lose a couple of games inexplicably 
you know, that Oakland one is the the one that stands out, obviously. The Denver loss, a bad decision by Ben Roethlisberger, but everybody else takes the blame for that. The collapse against the Chargers just go on down the line. The back end of the season, all those things that they'd seemingly held together in Pittsburgh suddenly torn apart at the seams, and you've got a wide receiver. You already have your number one in waiting, right? Juju Smith-Schuster is there, but now it's a question of finding the right trade partner, your Jets, maybe the Raiders, if they want to bring a guy back. Uh, with that kind of salary um, in the offing, if that's a Gruden and Mayock. Yeah, we're talking about Mike Mayock now. Uh, How many Jags are going to be signed up by the Raiders? Oh, that guy's a Jag. He's a Jag. No, can we can we jag. get his honest evaluation? You know, forget about <laughs> you know what he did for TV. Can we do that in the, the Raiders war room? Can we do that? Can we put that on TV somewhere? And jag, Jag. Okay, those guys are not going to be drafted. Or is he playing possum? <laughs> we'll never know. Uh, but Antonio Brown certainly... Uh, adding to the dysfunction, and, and Mike Tomlin, usually pretty good at putting fires out. Uh, he's got at least six dumpsters blazing around Heinz Field and the facilities. Look, let me let me let me end with this, and Antonio, just to just to put the coda on this. If you think Antonio Brown can't get traded, yes, he's owed over twenty million dollars this year, and he's got three years left on his big contract. If the Steelers trade him, they lose that twenty million dollars to be able to pay. So that's a big chunk of change to come off. But what did they do this year when Le'Veon Bell wanted a long-term dealer he was sitting out? They let him sit out the entire season. And what happened? James Conner was pretty good. wasn't James Conner's fault they didn't make the playoffs. They started out great. They were fine. James Conner was really good. He's a pro bowler. You really think they're going to say, okay, Antonio Brown, no, we'll, we're going to stick with your knuckleheadedness for the next few years? No, we have Juju Smith. We'll get other guys. We'll get somebody else to come in and play. Roethlisberger is still playing at a high level. We'll still get a guy to come in here and play. Just because he's got a bad contract doesn't mean he's untradeable, and the Steelers have had it with him. And I just know the Jets are going to get him. I'm, I'm not, I just know the Jets are going to be the team. I've already come to terms with it, and if it happens, I, I won't throw anything. It'll, it'll, I, I'm understanding that that's how it's going to go. We're going to get him and Le'Veon Bell. And that's how it's going to be. Just a question of which jersey you buy first, Smith. Who are you kidding? <laughs> be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Eli Manning now may not be the quarterback of the future, and by future I mean 2019, for the New York Giants. Today, General Manager Dave Gettleman in the end of the season addressing of the media about what's going to go on for the team for next season after a disappointing 2018 said that, you know what, Odell Beckham Jr., part of our current plans, but Eli Manning, eh, it's kind of up in the air. Take Eli a listen. Eli and I had a very extensive conversation on Monday. No holds barred. He was, he took me in the low post and won, but you know the bottom line is it was a very honest and upfront conversation. I'll keep what was said private between he and I. We're going to evaluate everything. Everything's on the table for us. I told him, I said, I can't believe you did that to Tommy back in 2011. So everything is on the table for the Giants. They did no not commit. Barred. No holds bad. <laughs> no, no holds bad. Come on Did in, not- if you will. I mean, that leads you right into Mean Gene Oakland. Sure. If you're hey, going to start hey. going there, we'll we'll get to Mean Gene. We I know. Lot, we got four hours tonight, buddy. We'll Relax. get to it. We'll get. No, we'll get to it. Uh, Gettleman would not say that Eli Manning is the starter next year. He's going to make the team the best it can be. And you heard the end of that quote. And if that happens to have Eli playing quarterback, it does. This is why, as good a season as Saquon Barkley had. 
this was the wrong pick at number two because where are the Giants going to go for their quarterback now? This is where you say, okay, well, now we get our quarter, our quarterback of the future. Um, Justin Herbert staying in school. Are you really going to take Dwayne Haskins that high? Really? He's that good of a prospect? This is not a good year for quarterbacks. And this is why when you pick second and there's a plethora of young, talented arms out there, you go get that guy. Baker Mayfield was pretty dang good. Sam Darnold was pretty good, then he was bad, then he was pretty good. Josh Allen was there, then he was pretty good. Could have had any of those guys, but no, no, no. We love Eli. We're going to set our franchise back five years by not taking a quarterback at number two. And I continue to thank the New York Giants for allowing Sam Darnold to fall to number three because, well, we may not have a coach, we have a future. He's trying. But this is why, hey, as good as Saquon Barkley is, you have to take that at number two because there's nobody you're going to take now. You can't take a guy in the second round because then you're just feeding storylines every practice when Eli throws an incomplete pass. Hey, um, are you going to go to your backup that you draft in the second round, whoever it winds up being? You can't just – you you have to cut ties with Eli Manning because you can't have the potential changeover hanging over your team. So now who are you going to go get? I have an idea, but you're not going to get your guy in the draft. He's not going to be there. So you have screwed yourself getting your next franchise quarterback to take you through the next 10 to 12 years. No, and that's the point is you had all these number first-round picks, right? Look at Lamar Jones. Jackson's been able to do just going down the line. You had great success from this rookie class. And now next year, you mentioned Haskins and his ridiculous numbers at Ohio state. You got Locke, Jones, Greer, Finley, and my guy, Clayton Thorson. If you go to all the ranking services, that's it. There's your magnificent six as it stands right now, pending uh, any changes and vaulting of draft boards as we get into the post game analysis uh, of a guy's, stock for the for the next year's draft so for Saquon Barkley over 2,000 total yards tremendous you still need a single signal caller and you've you've entered another offseason of controversy and certainly with Sam Darnold whatever happens at coach uh, and whatever happens in your wide receiving court you need some wide receivers for him as well buddy uh the the fact of the matter is your Eli Manning's going to be the number one story going into the offseason uh so you have to cut part ways with him it's that time, and he wasn't awful by all measures this year, and the fact that Odell Beckham Jr. didn't play a good chunk of the year, uh, and Ingram was hurt, and Shepard was hurt for a bit, and then when he was the number one, he failed miserably in the number one role, that you had the you had the big piece of Saquon Barkley, and that was supposed to help prop up Eli Manning, and you got average results. So going forward, all you can expect is continued uh, Downward spiral. I'm trying to think of the exact term that I wanted to use. I didn't want to be too disparaging because the guy's had a nice historic career, uh, but it's done. It's done. It's time to move on and find yourself another answer. Well, first of all, the Jets are going to get Antonio Brown, so we're going to be fine. Well, Secondly, you already had them with with him and Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> Don't forget Jeff Fisher. Hey, hey, we'll go tomorrow. From, we'll go from four and twelve to seven and nine. People on be- Twitter immediately responding with "Lay off the weed." It's not, it's a, listen, that I want people to know that is fake news. That is just a bit. It's Jeff Fisher is not, hang on, let me check. No, I'm not, not scheduled going to settle for that. Not scheduled to be interviewed by the New York Jets, at least at this point. You not, are, scheduled not that you know of <laughs> for an interview. We, I saw that. I saw the list of names. I did not see Jeff Fisher's name on it. It is just fine. There's Hello. always Absolutely a surprise fine. in there though, Jason, come on. Hello. It would. Oh, but you know he can't even stand up on the sideline. Is it the playoffs yet? He can't sit in a chair and coach. I, I, I the NFL. Many things you're going to see NFL coaches sitting in chairs can't do it. Not going to happen. No. 
Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Let me throw this out there to you. As we just heard from Adam Kaplan telling us, look, Josh McDaniels, there's a lot of residual, hey, do we really want to hire this guy coming off of last year, turning down the Colts at the last minute, and we told you. And look, Jason Cole agreed with us. Our norm, you know, NFL insider, probably hear from him tomorrow or Friday night, saying, yeah, of course, the Patriots made McDaniels a promise, Belichick's going to step down sooner rather than later, and you'll be the next head coach. But now let me throw this out there. This season has gone by, Mike Harmon, with the Patriots. What have I always said? Last year of the Patriots dynasty, right? Gronk clearly is right. just about done. Brady is eroding a little bit. They're gonna they're gonna win the division. They're gonna have trouble in the playoffs and fall short of getting to the Super Bowl. Now that you know, you guys uh, on the anti Belichick and especially wearing your Jets fandom uh, on the shirts underneath. You know, if we we put you in a wet T shirt contest, we'd see the Jets logos all over your body. Uh, but you know, you say the demise of the Patriots long enough, it's bound to happen, right? Of course it is. I just keep saying it till it happens. No, of course. So, well, you so know, now you're right, and everybody's jumped on board with you. So here's the last year of the Patriots dynasty. Now, this season has gone by. Bill Belichick sees, you know what? Brady's eroding. He, took, he definitely took a bit of a step back this year, but not enough to say, okay, he's fallen off a cliff. But that cliff is coming, and it's coming really soon. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wait him out, stay in New England as head coach, prove I can win without him. Hey, Josh McDaniel, sorry about that. I know I said one or two more years, but I'm going to stay for a while go back out interview for a head coaching job, and now here's Josh McDaniels out interviewing for head coaching jobs. Makes sense to me. I mean, you got to at least keep your name uh, afloat, right, as you go through, because Bill Belichick is there as long as he wants to be there. So it just becomes uh, that natural implosion that you're looking for. You know, Gronkowski, just remember, if they would have played that honestly uh, and won that game, uh, they're the number one seed. Uh, potentially here as you mm-hmm. go into the AFC playoffs. So, you know, the rumors of the demise and, and perhaps reinvention of the Patriots could be an interesting thing to watch. But when we're talking about the coaching carousel, Bill Belichick, he's there as long as he wants to keep cutting sleeves off sweatshirts. And so for Josh <laughs> McDaniel, you know, it's like go back to your uh, your guy and waiting all those years behind Jim Beheim, And then finally he said, no, they're taking the suit off him with their cold, unless he goes Michael Jackson, uh, with his cold dead hand. So, I mean, you know, eventually you just say to hell with it, I'm leaving. Right? We saw that with Jimbo Fishers Beat <laughs> wait, it. waiting around forever going, what the hell? Retire already. Beat it. So, you know, you finally just have to decide what, what's that uh, threshold of how many years you're willing to wait for Josh McDaniels. It's just a where, where's there a better opportunity? If you think going and working with Aaron Rodgers, you know, the reputation not being all that great at the moment where he is uh, in his NFL mortality whether that's a better situation than riding out the end of the Brady regime and seeing if that takes uh, Belichick out in the wash. Now, let me throw this out there to you as well, speaking of head coaches from Adam Kaplan. It said, listen, Mike McCarthy is going to talk to the Jets and the Browns, and that's going to be it. Obviously, a guy with Mike McCarthy's resume doesn't need to go around. He's going to pick and choose the jobs he may want. He's already said no to Arizona, but basically everybody has said no to Arizona. So I'm interviewing with Arizona tomorrow. I'll let you know what happens. (laughs) Mike McCarthy is going to end up with the Jets, and here's why. He's walking into a situation. Yes, and off the top, you, you, you know the boxes that are checked. You have Sam Darnold, young quarterback who has proven he's a franchise guy with upside. You have $100 million in salary cap money, going to make the team better. But you're walking into a situation where the GM 
is hanging on for at least another year, and maybe if the team doesn't get better, he's going to be the next guy fired. Then you are working for a GM that didn't hire you, and things are messy. And I get it because it sounds like that's so Jets, because that's exactly what the Jets have done the last couple of times. Let's call Charlie Casserly to, hey, find a GM and a coach and put them together. Like, it's a reality show. Well, you go get one of those services like the Pac-12 and everybody else is using in your coaching. Hey, let's get a consulting firm in here to give you the list of candidates that three dopes who are three sheets to the wind on Twitter could give you. Well, let's pay them hundreds of thousands of dollars to do it because they're going to give us a nice spreadsheet along with it. So let me throw this out there when before you get to, oh, the Jets are such a mess. Mike McCagnan may have a year left, and if the Jets are good, well, okay then. Mike McCarthy can come in, be the head coach. He's going to get all the credit, and things are awesome. But if Mike McCagnan is not and gets let go, there's going to be that conversation with Christopher Johnson, who's doing, you know, at some point with his agent, that's going to say, listen, we got to bring in Jeff Mike's Fisher. my guy. Mike's, no, we're not. <laughs> Frostburg, stop making Jeff Fisher happen. You're not going to call hey, Mike McCagnin. Look, it's the year LeVar Ball was gone, right? We, we haven't had him for a long time. It's the first time we've said his name in a while. And I say it only for this. He liked to speak things into existence or thought he could. Our guy, uh, Justin Frostberg, with his chargers in the playoffs, he's trying to speak things into existence here as well. He's trying to take that mantle and push it forward and bring you the gift of Fisher. Okay. So far, it's not up there. Nobody is saying anything about Jeff Fisher interviewing with the Jets. I've got my sources. It's not- <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but let me throw this at you here is that here's a conversation that would then go – between Christopher Johnson, the Jets owner, or acting owner, and Mike McCarthy's agent saying, listen, Mike McCagnin's our guy, and if things go great, hey, he's staying on, and, 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 and think, but I'm giving him another chance. If not, you would definitely have more power, see your role expand, and you would have much more of a say in personnel because the Jets need somebody to come in to be like a CEO. They need somebody to come in and say, you know what, I am a head coach. I am going to come in here, and I got a great offensive mind. I'm in charge of this entire program, and everybody else can just back off because now there's nothing to be worried about, nothing to be nervous about because I'm in charge. And that's what Mike McCarthy is. And the Jets will say, listen, we can give you a larger role as this goes on. That's what he would say yes to. Oh, you mean I can have more? Then absolutely, this is the more attractive job for me. I will take this because I could see more power that I want going on. I'm dealing with a young quarterback that doesn't have – the attitude I got to worry about sometimes, like you do with Baker Mayfield, and this is going to be my job. He's going to wind up with the Jets. One more year of talent evaluation, and then we flow from there. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Yes, I am fully aware the Colts are in the playoffs. I'm fully aware the Cowboys and the Seahawks are in the playoffs. Yeah, that's three for three. They both stink. All three of them? So now, the cold, no, well, here's the thing. And this is what gets into Angela, because I'm getting a lot of, because freezing cold takes went nuts on me the other day with my whole, the Colts should trade Andrew Luck, and Andrew Luck is overrated, and all and all Colts fans are going, oh, this tweet didn't age well, blah, blah, blah. You know, that, I live in the moment. I really don't care. No, but that that's the thing. I, I just baffles me about the ex- existence uh, of such a place that, that takes such high regard and everybody loves it, is you, you look at the landscape of whatever sport, whatever time of year we happen to be discussing, and you look at what it is for the moment. And Andrew Luck, well, as soon as you're getting reports, obviously a rope-a-dope, 
that he can't grip a football. Perhaps, perhaps there was something in that window that, that leads to such a decision and such a discussion and a hot take. And then when you say, oh, he's got good stats now, let's pull out something from the archives. It's ludicrous. Let's have a true conversation about Andrew Luck. And this is the truth. I'm not going to sugarcoat stuff and say this is the truth. Andrew Luck and the Colts. Andrew Luck played really well the back half of the season. The Colts are in the playoffs at 10-6. and six. Why? What did basically every NFL insider, coach, analyst say? And this is true. You know what? The Colts are really improved. Right? We saw their offensive line. You and I have talked about how good the Colts' offensive line is. Nobody celebrates an offensive on, right? line like me. No, you are, an off- you are an offensive line celebrator. I like the big guys in the, in the middle. Their offensive line got better, and their defense started to play really, really well. So, if you're on the whole, oh, Jason, you're stupid because of Andrew Luck, and oh, Andrew Luck, is Andrew Luck great, or did the Colts get better? So, because you can't have it both ways. Either Andrew Luck is great, and Andrew Luck, or the Colts got better. Because what happened was, the Colts got better. They got better, and they got better in two places, on the offensive line and defensively. So now they go to 10-6, and six, and they're in the playoffs. So you can't, Andrew Luck is still the same quarterback he was when he came into the league. Same quarterback he was. But because they, they win games, oh, now it's all in. No, Andrew Luck is doing the same thing in every game. The team got better. But here's the Colts. They are a team, and every year there is one. Every year there's one team that goes to the playoffs because they take advantage of a ridiculously easy schedule. And they're a one-year wonder. And you think, oh, they're going to make a big jump next year. And then the year after the schedule is harder, and they fall to 7-9 and nine or 6-10. and 10, You go, what just happened? Indianapolis beat Houston and Dallas, right? Those are two nice wins, right? They beat Dallas very convincingly. They beat Houston after Houston and won nine in a row. They won those games. The rest of their wins, the teams they played, their record was 50-79. and 79. 50 and 79. They played a bunch of teams who stunk and they won those games. And you're supposed to. This is how you go from boy, we struggle and we're a 5 and 11 team. This is how we get to the playoffs. You take advantage of a really easy schedule. And that's what the Colts did. They're that team this year. They had a really easy schedule. So here they are in the playoffs as well. They're not a Super Bowl threat, they're not a deep playoff threat, but they're in the playoffs for those two reasons. Their team got better. Andrew Luck was still the same guy. He's, he, he didn't turn into a different guy week 17 than he was in week four. He was still the same guy, but the team got better, and they played very crappy teams, and that's how they're in the playoffs. That's the truth about the Indianapolis Colts. Give the credit to, to Ballard, Chris Ballard coming in, taking over for the train wreck that Ryan Grigson had put together. Uh, and you look at what they were able to do, and Andrew Luck had a magnificent season. I'm not going to take anything away from Eric Ebron. They pulled him off the scrap heap, and suddenly he's there. You did it without Jack Doyle. T.Y. Hilton, who's not a true number one. You really didn't have a number two wide receiver on this squad. Uh, and then Marlon Mack finally showed up down the stretch. But you point to the, the schedule as you roll through. A couple of impressive wins down the stretch, right? Week 15, shutting out the Cowboys. Week 14, uh, they get a narrow victory over the Texans. Otherwise, you're you're looking at the Bills, the plucky Bills and Josh Allen. I love them, but you know they they were not good overall. Uh, you beat the Raiders, the Jaguars, who would later get shut out by. So I don't know what the hell to make of that. Uh, but you beat them. You beat the Titans twice. You beat the Dolphins. They're looking for a new head coach and they're excising 
their incumbent starter. And then you beat the Giants, and you needed to come back to beat uh, a team that was playing without a couple of its would-be stars and with a quarterback in limbo. So you go all the way through the, the schedule as it was made up because, well, you were a bottom feeder last year. The schedule will get better. Curiosity of what the division becomes, right? Jacksonville's not the juggernaut they looked like they were going to become. Tennessee, Marcus Mariota, is he the guy? Or is uh, the guy who looks like Boots Electric from the Eagles of Death Metal, Blaine Gabbert, at the controls? <laughs> Tell, I'm telling you, I took a screenshot. He okay. looked like he was going to start singing Save a Prayer uh, when you were going through. But the, the fact of the matter is you got, you got a, a division that's looking like it could potentially, other than the planet Houston, and, and let's face it, with 50-plus sacks, 60-plus sacks totaling on Deshaun Watson, when does he get broken in half during this process? So. You look at the the divisions right for the Colts with a, another good year of drafting and maybe a little bit of recruitment. Maybe they steal Le'Veon Bell from you. I don't know. Or Marlon Mack becomes that 1,200-yard rusher. That it should be set up for them to ha- have a nice run if they can keep Andrew Luck upright. And that offensive line was magnificent. A lot of attitude, a lot of, a lot of anger. Uh, and defensively, they made great strides. So give some credit to finding the right guy to be at the controls of player personnel development, but it all comes hand in hand. Andrew Luck was great, but he needed a lot of help to get there. Yeah, you know, Andrew Luck almost gave the game away week 17 with, with a couple of bit with a couple of really bad. Oh, he'll passes. give you shots. There's He's always still, those near misses. And, th- and that's the thing. It's not like Andrew Luck turned, you know, as a season went on, boy, Andrew Luck has always been a stat guy. He's always been a stat guy. But they won games because the team around him got better and they started closing things out. So realize that Andrew Luck is not Tom Brady. He's not one of those guys, no matter, or Aaron Rodgers, whoever you put in front of me, I'm still going to be great. No, I need good talent around me and then I can win, which is true for most quarterbacks. Now, Aaron Rodgers wasn't able to do that this year. It, he well, had one guy uh, and, and, and then a lot of excuse year. making and a lot of uh, guys hitting the in the calf. All right, every year up until this year okay. for, for Aaron Rodgers. And 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 that's the thing about Andrew Luck. That's just kind of who Andrew Luck is. We, and when I say we, I mean the media want to fawn over Andrew Luck because well, he's got he's a good, a good neck guy. Beard. He's got a great neck beard. His Twitter account, the Captain Andrew Luck thing, is fun. He's always had the aw shucks attitude, and he was a super duper stud coming out of college. So everybody wants to give him the benefit of the doubt. How great he is! How great Andrew Luck is a really good quarterback, but he's not one of the top three or four quarterbacks in the NFL. He's not. He's not. If he if he was, his career would have been differently. He would have had more than three good years, which is what he's wind up having. He's always been a stat guy, but there's many stat guys in the NFL. But the Colts made the playoffs. They did what they were supposed to, and they're in the playoffs. And if if you win for that, hey, congratulations. But what I said about the Colts is absolutely true. Just want to get in the dance. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. But speaking of the bowl games, you've seen a lot of criticism the last couple of days about why we need to keep the playoffs at four teams, expanding them as a bad idea. Why? Too many blowouts. Look, we all thought Georgia was good. They got beat really bad by Texas. Look look at Ohio State, how well they played and racing out against Washington, and then they win. Look how bad Notre Dame played. All of these things. But people are missing two big points when they say, oh, see, there's two, there's more blowouts. There's not many teams that are national championship worthy. Number one, 
that's just the way sports goes. We get blowouts and upsets. That's how it goes in games. Not every game is going to be close. So every game's not close. Nope, can't have the playoffs go because, oh, clearly a team that's ranked sixth is not nearly as good. No, that's ridiculous. That's just part of football. And these are people that played football that are saying this. But outside of the playoffs, bowl games are meaningless. You have no idea who's going to show up and how motivated they are for each game. The game has no impression on your season. None. It means less than a regular season game outside a conference in September. It means less than that. You can't judge the outcomes. Sometimes a team like Auburn has nothing to play for, and they show up and they get drubbed by Central Florida, and Central Florida, who has everything to play for, hey, hey, look at us now. Look how good we are. We should be playing for the national championship. Then you get Auburn this year showing up and boat racing Purdue. This is how it goes. Texas showed up with something to prove, so they won over Georgia, who is disappointed not making the national championship, so they have to play a game that really doesn't have any bearing on them. You have no idea what's going to happen, what kind of mental attitude these teams come in with, because these bowl games are irrelevant. Things would be different. And if you get eight teams, you get the division, you get the conference champion from each conference, power five conference, you get three wild cards. You serve all masters by putting that in. I don't get people saying, well, we had blowouts, so clearly uh, we can't have a, you know this team play for the national championship. No, well, cha- change it all up, right? You ma- max it out at eight. Michigan suddenly doesn't have a bunch of guys potentially skipping the game. And they actually play because they're they're fighting for a title versus well nothing. So you you have that change. Yeah, everybody doing the LSU and and UCF nonsense of oh see that delegitimizes UCF. No, they they they, they lost by one score. It, it's okay. It, it happens. But yes, the motivation factor certainly there. And as I've argued all along, the math doesn't make sense. You've got five conferences and four slots before you even get to at-large teams. And when Notre Dame enters the mix, it all goes to hell. So yeah, you may have another blowout here and there. That's college football in a nutshell. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the millions upon millions of dollars that are then made on it. Let's get down to eight and you get an upset. You get a Cinderella story. Just figure out the logistics. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to to start listening.